Welcome to another episode of the Touring Rabbit Holes podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Ash. This is also your host, Alex Alanis. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing well this week. How are you doing? Doing very, very, very well, actually. I'm excited to say that on this episode, we want to talk about black holes. Black holes are one of my favorite topics. And you know what really inspired me? I thought, what better topic to discuss, you know, at Christmas time than black holes? Am I right? Sure. It's a dark subject. <laughs> it's a, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Anyways. In today's episode, we want to discuss black holes because it is a fascinating topic, and I always talk about them whether it's the holidays or not. Uh, this particular episode is on primordial black holes. It discusses when they were discovered. It discusses what exactly are primordial black holes. They're not typical black holes. They're, they're not made from, as we'll learn later, they're not made from typical um protons and neutrons and other things you find in atoms well actually that's it but um they're different than regular black holes uh there's a whole science behind them there's also uh, some discussion about a black a primordial black hole that might be in our solar system so all of that in today's episode of the touring rabbit holes podcast and again this is the perfect thing to show for the christmas season so uh without further ado let's dive right in so i guess the f obvious place to start is what is a primordial black hole? So it's speculated that um, right after the beginning of the universe, say the first minute, through statistical randomness, there might have been a, agglomerations of matter that had enough density to collapse in on themselves. And as you said, um, this was hypothesized actually by uh, uh, Zeldovich and Novikov, uh, Russians in 1966. I happen to know Zeldovich from my book, that I have at home. Uh, he is a unclassified reference for nuclear weapons design processes. So uh, anyways, so he was a, a nuclear weapons designer, but he, he speculated that on the existence of primordial black holes, and they may be a model of why, uh, of what dark matter is. Um, and as you said, Gabriel, they're not made out of uh, normal matter, baryonic Correct. matter, which is uh, protons and neutrons, which themselves are made out of quarks which come from collapsing stars. Yes. Here we're at the beginning of the universe and we might have quark-gluon plasmas mm -hmm. uh, that are made today in accelerators, a relatively heavy ion collider in, in New York, or CERN in Europe, in which you have an agglomeration, say gold on gold colliding, and then for a brief instant in time here on Earth at least, you have a plasma of quarks and gluons, and, and, and that's what we mean by non-baryonic. Mm -hmm. um, Yes. Um, you know, I, I think black holes are pretty popular this day and age. At least they, they certainly were when I was in, in, in college. That may have been because it was an, an engineering college. Um, but uh, our, our current models of black holes uh, are mostly, I, I shouldn't say mostly, well, probably mostly collapsing stars, as you just said. It's pretty much collapsing stars. Yes, yeah. and therefore that's an interesting point. So a collapsing star, of course, is the atoms that make up stars, so largely hydrogen, which, and again, it... it, it it includes uh, massive things like um, protons and neutrons. So uh, the reason why these primordial black holes wouldn't necessarily be made out of protons and neutrons is because in the early stages of the universe, those things simply didn't exist. Isn't that right? Uh, no, they had the nucleonics, nucleosynthesis, or uh, the, form, the formation of nucleons was, was probably still not happening at very early moments. It would, okay. Most likely a quark-gluon plasma. Nonetheless, the laws of physics are still constant, such that if you get a sufficient amount of matter in a very small area, it is very possible to have a black hole. So maybe, maybe if two neutron stars uh, join, uh, you would get a, a black hole in a non-traditional way. It would right. be from the 
two previous stars that had collapsed to neutron stars and, and then merging into a black hole. I've also heard theoretical questions about considering the fact that Einstein proved that energy is matter and matter is energy in the right you know context. Mm -hmm. uh, it would be possible, for instance, to have uh, photons. Uh, you know, sure. Enough Why not? Photons at enough energy to actually create a black hole as well. That was, that's, I think, uh, came from a more uh, theoretical question, you know, a-, a Could you see. focus enough lasers into a point in space-time that, that, yeah. that you would have enough energy slash matter to collapse? Yeah, it's theoretically Correct. possible. Yes, Un unlikely, I think, that we would be able to do that anytime soon. Yeah, now I guess when, my question is with primordial black holes, um, yes. Is the reason why why they they believe that they are you know non baryonic material? Is it because of of, of the time? Yes. You know. Okay. Too so. early in the universe. Okay. 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 Interesting. Okay. Um. What I mean. What so baryons are made out of three quarks. Mm -hmm. A proton is, you know, two top quarks say, and one bottom quark, and a neutron is some similar thing like that. Mm -hmm. uh, mesonic matter, mesons, are yes. two quarks. And just to uh, be technical, I believe it's a uh, top quarks and, oh, I'm sorry, up quarks and down quarks. The right. heavier quarks, I think, are, are, so, are created artificially <laughs> yeah. in colliders. Correct, yeah. So there are up quarks and down quarks, and then there are top quarks and bottom charm, quarks. Beauty, and charm, beauty, strange. It gets and weird. Yeah, strange just names. Na yeah. Names that are great if you go to Congress and you want to look for some strange yeah <laughs> yeah appropriate some money for that yeah yeah exactly exactly so the whole history of naming conventions is quite interesting so it's postulated that these early primordial black holes might have had masses of 10 to the minus 8 kilograms which if you do the math is on the order of grams or maybe it's a little bit less than grams all the way up to 10 to the 11 kilograms and actually to higher than 10 to 11 kilograms but anything from 10 to 11 kilograms down to smaller than that mm -hmm. due to hawking radiation would be gone at the age of the universe now. yeah the hawking radiation we get a lot we we get uh heavily into hawking radiation in my other show actually we dedicated three episodes to evolving models of black holes that's a fascinating one we, we talk about you know uh how you know how we first thought about black holes before we even had the telescopes you know like like years ago i think it was in the era of uh foyer actually did you know that? i believe it's in the 1700s yeah. i forget the physicist mm -hmm. who figured out hey maybe it was laplace who figured out uh, sorry it was laplace not foyer you're, maybe you're it was correct. Laplace, and, okay. it, and it could have been Lagrange, because it, or maybe it was an L guy, yeah. uh, who hypothesized that you might have bodies that are so dense that in, in their days, they didn't think about density. They thought about a sun, and then how big would that sun have to be so that its escape velocity would be this velocity of light? Now, what yeah. velocity of light did they use? They had a, an estimate that was like 50% off okay. our current, but it, that's not bad. Yeah. 50% yeah. off for the yeah. 1700s. So thought experiments have been going on for a very, very long time. And even if it's thought experiments that led us to primordial black holes, it was thought experiments that led the physicists and scientists in the 1700s or 1600s. You know, 1700s, yeah, to uh, postulate about black holes or objects that were so massive that light could not escape the gravitational field. And again, that was before it was fully understood that light itself um, are photons, or, or it was postulated that they were corpuscles, you know, or little Well, yeah, parts. at that time, there was, you're right, there was a debate between the Newtonians who thought it was corpuscular in nature yes. and, and the Huygens folks who thought it was a, a, a wave. Yeah, and then again, it wasn't really fully understood the relationship between energy and matter as well. So uh, perhaps no. the folks who thought it was corpuscular thought it had a very small amount of mass. And the experiments that 
may, went to the wave side of it were the fact that, that you with light, you can get the uh, interference patterns through double slits. Mm -hmm. And that kind of pushed it over to the wave nature of light. Yeah, the interesting history of quantum physics. It's, it's uh, quite wild. So, uh, well, should we, let's talk a little bit about uh, particle physics as well as not only primordial black holes, but also things like dark matter. So I think we already covered uh, uh, some of the particle physics. Mm -hmm. uh, I, this, is, this is a good point to go. Don't don't panic. Uh, people were panicking that the Large Hadron Collider might have caused created black holes and yes. disappeared us. Um, there are particles that that are accelerated by uh, galaxies mm -hmm. and slam us at uh, a million to a hundred million times more energy than than the energies that we can produce here on Earth with our technologies. Mm -hmm. And this happens a few events per year. And we have yet to have been swallowed up by a black hole. So there's probably no path to a black hole, even at those energies. Yeah. Uh, the the emergence and the evolution of of strange ideas, you know, are, are that's you know, as long as there's humans, <laughs> there's always strange ideas about our fate, including creating a black hole by accident. That's a. It, it seems like a tough problem. Yeah, yeah. Given absolutely. given the evidence. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the, 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 I think the next thing is. The, the role of black holes as a possible explanation to dark matter. And I think we should give a little background on, on, on dark matter. This is a fascinating one. So I know that if, you know, there's always an attempt to understand the universe that we live in, and physicists are pretty, pretty confident, uh, arguably um, arrogant in some cases. <laughs> but uh, when we're talking about everything that we understand about our universe, you know, we understand the matter, uh, uh, space, and energy, uh, and the relationships among them. And then there's some things that we don't know. And there's always the elusive, uh, we don't know what we don't know. But in recent years, I say in the last 50 years, we have, uh, there's a term that I say we, <laughs> I'll just say physicists, have come up with um, dark matter as well as dark energy for some of the strange anomalies that, that we've found through telescopes. We've come up with them because they've we've been handcuffed into them. Experiments have shown. I, mean, I guess it was in the 1930s that uh, Fred Zwicky mm -hmm. was looking at uh, some clusters of galaxies. And if you look at what you estimate the amount of matter in them and their motions, he said, "Hey, there's there's something missing because they should be flying apart, and they're then they're, they're they remain as a bound state." Mm -hmm. um, it was. Decades later, the the uh, that Vera Rubin she was looking at rotations of galaxies, and and you would expect based on the matter that's inside of them that mm -hmm. you can see with your telescope that they can only spin so fast before they began to fling off stars at the edges, and they were not flinging off stars at the edges. They were, I think maintaining relatively constant velocity mm -hmm. across the, the the plane, and so that was even more strong indication of uh, black. Above dark matter, yeah. we have found recently a couple of galaxies with missing dark matter, and we're like, well, then what's up with that? And 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 some forensics has revealed that that's because of we've had collisions of galaxies, and one of them absconded with the dark matter, and that the remnant is indeed falling apart. Wow, that's fast. So let me let me go ahead and say that again. Uh, I've read a lot about dark matter, and I've watched a fair amount of YouTube shows on it. You're saying that we observed a, or rather, we observed evidence of a collision between two galaxies, right? And according to the observations, it fits, or rather, the model fits that one of them lost its dark matter. So maybe clearly, one of the partners would have to be the larger one, and it mm -hmm. just took the in these collisions of 
essentially gases. They're okay. so, stars are so far apart. There's a collision of, of, a, of a gas blob with a, with a glass blob that the bigger gas blob took the, the um, um, dark matter with it. Okay, fascinating. Leaving the other one to fall apart. You know that when I, I used to teach eighth grade science, and one of my students, I don't know if my student thought of this or if my student heard it somewhere, but they were talking about dark matter, and they were wondering if dark matter is sort of like atoms that simply don't have the electromagnetic component, hence the reason why we can't see them so, and we can't detect them. There's a very interesting paper about two weeks ago that speculated that there's a state of hydrogen that would be dark. It, it would weakly interact, mm -hmm. it's, and it's an interesting candidate. I don't know. It's just one research paper that, that, that maybe it's, it's the most obvious material, yeah. that it's just a, a stable form of hydrogen. Interesting. Um, so, I'm sorry, how does that relate? So, let me just... So, you're saying hydrogen itself... Could possibly be. Could possibly. Uh, again, this is fun because I've only heard about this right now, secondhand, thirdhand. And to think that now we have a candidate that is hydrogen. So it's speculative. It's, it's, a one, it's one paper. Uh, primordial black holes known as massive compact halo objects or machos, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Machos, they've, uh, they've been a candidate for at least some of what dark matter might be for, yes. for a, a few decades. Mm -hmm. Um Especially, like I said, ones that are bigger than 10 to 11 kilograms would still be around. They would have, they would have formed about a second after the, the Big Bang. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of studies that show that there's probably not enough of these mm -hmm. to uh, reasonably account for all the dark matter observed out there. Okay. That brings us to Planet Nine. Mm-hmm. Planet Nine, to me, I'm, I'm from New Mexico, is Pluto. I will never give up Pluto as a planet. Okay. But Planet Nine, uh, for the rest of the world, is a, hypo a hypothetical planet in lieu of Pluto. Pluto's been demoted. That we think is out there. I think it was only in our Only in New Mexico, I think. Or I could be wrong. Okay. Okay. Should we Google when, it? When Pluto is over New Mexico, it is, it is classified as a planet. <laughs> and okay. so we, we are detecting in the uh, Kuiper Belt, if that's how you pronounce it, perturbations out there that are probably due to something roughly five earth masses out there yeah and someone has begun to speculate that that might be a primordial black hole interesting what yeah. an amazing gift that would be to our civilization that we don't have to go light years and light years to the nearest black hole that it might be in our neighborhood and we can reach something like that in decades wow <laughs> this is so so a primordial Black hole and a really small one. We're not talking something the size of our moon. We're talking something five uh, Earth masses, so centimeters. Okay, roughly. so like something like like a baseball, a black hole <laughs> in our solar system that is the size of of a baseball. Could you imagine that? That's that's crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, this makes me want to want to take a moment and classify all the black holes that theoretically exist. You know, from very very small ones. I mean, really, like a, I guess one could calculate the smallest possible black hole in terms of. Yeah. Not that we're going to do that here, but yeah, the fact that you, we could have a black hole that is five Earth masses, and the fact that that is the size of a tennis ball, roughly, that's uh, that's fascinating. So let's go back to this whole new field of gravitational uh, astronomy. Okay. Uh, 
in 2015, LIGO, and I have it here, Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory, LIGO, began mm -hmm. to detect the first collisions of black holes mm -hmm. in gravitational waves. It's, a, it's literally an interferometer, laser beam split into two, and they come back, and along one axis, it's more affected, say, that's the axis where the black hole collision happened. Mm -hmm. It would change the length of, that, of, the, of the laser beam versus the, the perpendicular to that mm -hmm. by less than the size of a proton. Wow. And we can detect that. <laughs> Amazing. And since then, we've begun to improve the technique in a European version called Virgo, which is literally for the Virgo constellation. The acronym means mm -hmm. nothing more than Virgo, uh, kicked on. And we are beginning to find that these things are happening. We're, I did a few detections, one or two detections per week now at, at our current technology, just five years later. Wow. Um, that these things are distributed. I, I, I put a figure, which I'll put up on, on the uh, screen, mm -hmm. uh, that... The, the detections are ranging from 5 to 80 solar, uh, solar masses. So we didn't think a lot of these could form from stars that were 80 solar masses or, or, or tens of solar masses. Mm -hmm. we, we, from, 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 we didn't think that that was possible. So might these be primordial black holes, or do we just have to recalibrate our, our theory of, 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 of stellar dynamics and the, how big they can get? And, and how big they might form as, as black holes. So, so it's kind of re-energized the whole idea that these may be a candidate. Um, again, why don't we see more microlensing if these, if these primordial exist? Uh, we should see in our telescope little rings around stars to go, hey, there's a black hole there that's microlensing locally here. Uh, so it, it's still a back and forth uh, on whether primordial black holes are sufficient, uh, sufficiently out there to explain um, dark matter. Maybe there's not sufficient number of them, but this, they still exist as candidates, and we, we might have a baseball orbiting out there. Yeah. Uh, that's so yes, and that's fascinating. Uh, so if we had that black hole, uh, I'm thinking of all kinds of things that just experimentally would be interesting to do. So it's interesting. You know, we know of most black holes, they're not dark because stuff is falling into them, and as stuff falls into them, it gets really hot and irradiates gamma rays and X-rays, and yes. we see that. Yes. We recently took a, a photograph with yeah. a bunch of radio telescopes of a black hole about one or two or three years ago now. Um, what if you had one that's the size of the Earth and, and nothing's falling into it? Okay. The, you can compute the Hawking radiation coming out of it. It's about 900 watts. About okay. 900 watt bulbs. Wow. Could you sustain life on an orbiting planet with 900 watts okay. going to... And how many... And, and then that's, that's 900 watts over four pi to radians. So how many of that would be radiating on a planet? Yeah, not, milliwatts. Okay, less than that. I, I don't think you can su sustain life or civilization. Anyways, the the most interesting thing is okay. We have the if we have this gift that we have a baseball sized black hole out uh, in orbits beyond uh, Neptune, what could we do with it? And you know, I, I looked across the internet for for ideas. Uh, I have my own ideas as a particle physicist. Um, you might be able to explore, if, throw stuff into it, and see if it pops out somewhere else in the universe. And sh sh make a shortcut. <laughs> yeah. But at centimeter size, you, you, we, we would have to have um, our astronauts would have to be considerably uh, smaller. Yes. The size of ants, maybe, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they would be spaghettified. So, yep. so it's got some problems. Yes. But okay, so we could experiment with this whole idea of black hole, white hole. Um, the we could generate power by throwing garbage at it, mm -hmm. and it would 
generate x-rays and gamma rays and we could yeah. collect that energy and some of the, it back to earth some of the brightest i think the brightest objects in the universe are are actually created when i think gas or plasmas are sucked into a black yes. hole and it is the velocity with which it's sucked in uh that, that um you know uh, friction can cause heat and when things move very very fast and they rub together it can cause a massive amount of friction so there's an awful lot of energy that can be emitted when uh, gases and plasmas are sucked in, into a black hole. It, it, uh, exactly. I, I think if we were anywhere near to, to a quasar, and I say near, let me go ahead and quantify that for you. I think, uh, you know, if a quasar happened that was near our sun, I think our entire planet would be vaporized. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and then again, if, if we even go, okay, well, let's go further out. What's the next nearest, you know, solar system out there that's light years away even if a quasar was there it would be enough to destroy all life on earth well actually i i shouldn't quote that but you know it's a it's a massive amount of energy so so the potential for energy would definitely be there it would take a very very little amount of material uh, sometime in 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 the future a hundred years from now five thousand years from now our what our descendants if they should survive our time would have a, a, a local energy source uh, that yes. they could throw garbage into. Mm-hmm. Uh, garbage might be asteroids or, or you know. Trash. Trash. <laughs> Anything. But, but, I mean, it's, you're still very far away from Earth. Yes. So it's probably a local power source to something over there. To may, maybe colonize, uh, if you've colonized that area of space, just to back up humanity yeah. or back up our descendants, uh, you'd have a local power source. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Um Here's a really practical one. Mm-hmm. Gravitational slingshots. Probably the most famous one is Carl Sagan's when, uh, the Voyager 1, Voyager 2, and when people realized that the, that the planets were going to allow a black hole in a similar situation, they might have already probed the local neighborhood. Yeah. Or maybe we're the first ones. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and finally, I think if it's out there, you can use it as a gravitational lensing source to do uh, treat it as a, a as a telescope, mm-hmm. and you know go go out and put your mirrors out there and collect light. Or and, and this thing is lensing it, and you'll you know we would be able to see distant objects. And and you know we have an ongoing project already. We're going to go I think a, 150 uh, astronomical units, 150 times the Earth uh, sun radius to go and put a collection of satellites out there to do micro lensing off the sun. And we should be able to see very far back. In time. I was not aware of that. It's amazing. It's yeah. It's just started. Uh, it's just getting funding, and we could launch these things in twenty-five years. We could get information from the edges of the universe. Wow! Thanks to the sun's gravitational lensing effect. But oh my if, if this thing existed, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how are we for time? Well, excellent. All right. So I hope you enjoy your holidays. And now you have something to talk about with your relatives. Aside from politics, you can talk about primordial black holes. Let's do that.